0: Thank you. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hunts to Humans. I am Danielle. I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor and I am here with Kara today and she is going to tell us her MLM story. Hi Kara. Welcome. Hi. So what got you into
1: MLMs? Um, so I got into MLMs. I was probably about two years out of high school when I first started and um, I was kind of at a place where I had worked a really good job right out of high school and I was making really good money, but the security wasn't there in the job. So then I was going back to school and anybody who's worked full time and then gone back to school <laughs> knows how much that is not, um, I like guess, hard, right? Like, it's hard to go from having a full time job to now you're not making any money and you're hoping that the little bit of savings you have holds you all the way through. And so that's kind of where I was at. Um, And it was really an awkward spot. (laughs) Um, And I was at school and I saw one day that, on like just scrolling through Facebook, it wasn't a Facebook friend or anything like that. I can't even remember where I saw the post but about like making money from home and here's this like opportunity to do that and stuff. And while you're at school and being someone who is already driving an hour and a half one way to get to school and an hour and a half back every day to get home from school, the idea of not having to try and add in like a scheduled job was just, it was appealing, right? Like, I mean, it's something that everybody wants. So, um, The job, and I say that with quotations, that was being advertised, um, was an MLM called the Rustic Shop, which probably a lot of people haven't heard of before. Um, They weren't around for very long. I had kind of got in on like the ground floor or whatever you want to call it, where there weren't many people in it yet. And it was weird, like it wasn't like your typical MLM, like it, they didn't have their own product. They were more of like a warehouse distributor for like stuff that you could go and get um, at like Cabela's and that sort of thing. Like it it was very like, it was purses and wallets and all that kind of stuff, but it was very like country, rustic, camo, all those sorts of things but none of it was their own, none of it was branded with their name, like, you could go on Amazon and find a lot, it It was really, really strange. That's bizarre. It is, it's so bizarre, and, like, it was just not, like, I mean, that's not what you see out of MLMs, right, like, and so I think it made it seem more, quote-unquote, okay, maybe, I don't know, like, because it was stuff that you saw other places it was really weird it Um,
0: probably made you feel more like you were just like a retailer like more so because like okay like these are just regular old retail items like that you could get anywhere and I'm getting them wholesale
1: yeah exactly and like I come from a very like country western kind of a family so like this was the kind of stuff everybody was buying anyway so if like I could buy it and they could buy it from me while I was in school I was like this is great kind of thing and it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't as great as it sounded um so like they weren't quite as bad I would say as like your typical MLM like I don't remember who my sponsor was I don't remember maybe I didn't have one I honestly I don't remember that's how little I remember about who they were if they existed um but there was always kind of a pressure from like home office or whatever you want to call it that like they did a call I think it was every two weeks and like you were expected to be on it and stuff like that and it wasn't it wasn't super degrading or anything on the call but I don't think they really understood what made an MLM work. Like I don't think they understood that it's the brainwashing that makes the MLM work and all those sorts of things. So it didn't take very long and they decided that they were going to be a wholesaler instead of um an MLM. Which at the time I was like which at the time I was like oh sorry go ahead. <laughs> no you go you go you go. At the time, I was just like, okay, well, what's the difference, right? Like, I mean, I'm buying products and selling them, or I'm buying products and selling them, like, and I did have a couple people under me, but they weren't doing anything anyway, so I was like, whatever, it's fine.
0: (laughs) Well, that's actually so good that they, they, I wonder if they realized like, how manipulative they were, and they were like, oh, let's not, or... I think the reality of it is they probably didn't have it structured right and they were like this is too much work or this is like not working and they weren't making money the right way and they probably stopped it
1: yeah I think it was probably more of a second one I like to believe that it was the first one (laughs) yeah we all do yeah
0: we all do but you know what I don't really care how they got there as long as they're doing it right
1: Yeah, and honestly, I think they only lasted as, like, a wholesaler for a very short time before they just ceased to exist at all, sort of thing. Um, Like, I went looking when I decided, like, when I was going to come on and stuff, I thought, you know, I should really look and see if they even are still around, sort of thing, and I can't find anything, so I think they probably were gone. That was, like, 2014, 2015, so it was kind of, like... I feel like right in the hype of like all these MLMs like really getting going sort of thing and um, yeah it was I don't know it was just so strange the way that it was like um, and I had a couple people under me I don't really ever remember making a ton of money but I ordered a ton of product because they were like oh like take it to like I know some MLMs let you and some don't, but they were like, take it to like your farmer's markets and those sorts of things and sell it there. And everybody really liked the stuff, but the people coming to the farmer's market, that's not what they were looking for. Right. They weren't looking for my junk from an MLM <laughs> to sell, to buy. They were looking for homemade, whatever stuff. Um, so it just kind of, it was what it was. And I wouldn't say it was the worst experience. It was a little bit pressureful, but I think the big thing that it did is it like kind of opened up this idea that like MLMs weren't that bad for me to be able to like go into one that's worse.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's something that we all really over like overlook because you know, you do your first one and then I think, it's definitely Roberta who's always saying like it sounds like a lot of people are doing like three to five MLMs before they get out Mm -hmm. and um, I think that a lot of people do their first one and they have so many like quote unquote what they think are good experiences they get so many dopamine hits and all of the good stuff and then they go to the next one and they're like this is gonna be great and they like it just totally overlooks all of the stuff that wasn't good
1: exactly yeah and I think that was like a big part of like just the the push into the next MLM sort of thing um so like I I don't want to say I have nothing bad to say about the rustic shop but it just wasn't it wasn't as detrimental in my mind as Lavelle I mean I guess in some ways I would say it was because like we say it kind of opened up that door but I think they were trying to be almost more of like the original or at the time they were more of like the original um, like Avon and that sort of thing where it was just like, here's all some stuff, go sell it to your friends. (laughs) And it's not that bad. Um, But then once they kind of went to warehouse situation and I wasn't selling a ton of stuff anyway. So I was just like, eh, I'm done. And I wasn't against MLMs. I wasn't all for them at that point. It was just kind of like, yeah, I tried. It didn't work. Not my thing. I was done college. I was going back out into the workforce. So it was like, you know, I don't need this anymore. So we'll just let it go and move on to the next stage of our lives. And I don't know how long I had been out, but it wouldn't have even been a year. Um, And then Lavelle showed up in my life which I don't know how many people know what Lavelle is, but it's the weird little patchy things that
0: they put on your arms, the stickers. Yeah, I have a girl that I went to high school with who sells that. And every time I see her post, I'm always just like, oh, no. Terrible. And
1: like, they're so like, I don't know why I thought that they were okay. Like, I don't know. It was, or why I thought it worked. Like it was the most ridiculous thing. These little stickers. It was, I don't know. To me, it was just ridiculous. But, um, so then that came up on my Facebook feed. And this one, there was like the whole, like this one I was all in, I guess is what I would say. Like I knew my upline and her upline and the next upline and the next upline and like all the way up and it started out it was like this girl sent me a what who turned out to be my upline she sent me like a um a a sample a three-day sample or something like that and she's like but you know you really don't feel the full effects until you take it for I forget what they say a week or 30 days or something like that and so I was like okay well you know it wasn't that bad I could I could try a a full month of it sort of thing. So I ordered a full month and then their big catch was if you got two people, yours was free. That's their big catch to get everybody going sort of thing. But then within that catch, there's catches. Like if that person, if your two people decide to become promoters, then they're no longer considered one of your people. And now you have to find a different person if you want yours to be free. And it was just ridiculous things like that, that just kind of kept you always like chasing the rabbit, right? Like you were just chasing the rabbit and you could never get there.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Like, and it just really was just this rigmarole, I guess, to get it for free. And I honestly think like out of, I think I was there for like a year and a half or two years. I think I once got it for free like, one time. It was terrible.
0: (laughs) I think that was how I, like, got into my first MLM, too. Uh, Like, I bought the products as a consultant because it was cheaper, and then they were like, oh, if you recruit two two or three people, I don't remember how many, then your products will be free, and I was like, oh, okay, like. Yeah, like, I can do that. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like, it's just ridiculous. The things that they convince us are a good idea. I'm like, how? I'm a smart person. How did I get convinced that this was a good idea? <laughs> but they're good at it. Um, and that one, like Lavelle, in my opinion, was very hard on my mental health. Because it was like, I'm a fairly quiet, shy person. I don't, you know, have a huge group of friends, nothing like that. And it was like, constant like three-way calls and so what the three-way call was is like you didn't have to know anything about the product you were just supposed to get someone on a three-way call with you and your upline and them and they would the upline would like answer all the questions about the product which they weren't actually answering any questions they were just like dodging around them and making the customer feel stupid for asking the question
0: like think that these three-way calls are so interesting like I mean we've all anyone that's been in an MLM has is probably familiar with this three-way call method but it's something I never really talk about on this podcast so I'm so glad that you brought it up because I mean it just I don't know it just feels so gross because it's like okay you know what it actually I think it really is is that they know that the original person that's recruiting is embarrassed so they're like okay let me this outside entity who's your upline do the pitching for you and do the hard push and then you just get the sale and it's like their way of making sure their downline is recruiting
1: yeah I think you're right I think that is kind of what it is like and it's weird because when we were doing it like I say we but like when I was doing that, I really thought that like this was something only our company did. And like it's so good that our uplines do this for us and help us out in this way. And like, like you say, like it was a for the upline to put the hard push, but I also think it was a way for your upline to keep an eye on you.
0: Oh like, yeah. People...
1: Yeah. Like how many people are actually um are you actually talking to? Well, you only had two three-way calls this week, so you can't be talking to enough people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. It did feel very micromanagey, Because like, whenever I would be like, oh, like this person, they're showing interest, like, and they're always like, get them on a call, get them on a call, get them on a call. And I'm just like, okay, but like, they're busy. I'm busy. Like, fine, I guess I'll like move this meeting. And like, okay, let's go. Like, you know, it just always felt so forced to get these calls going.
1: It did and like being somebody who's not like I text before I call like if I call my parents my parents are like holy shit somebody died like this is a big deal if you get a call from Kara and so for me to get on the phone and talk to people I was just like no like this is not part of my personality like I can't do that are you nuts like no but it was just so pushed that like this is something that you had to do and this is how you become successful and all of these ridiculous notions that they push on you um and on top of that halfway through being with laval and being with thrive i actually moved from our rental to where we owned our own home which was great but we lived right beside a railroad tracks or very close to the railroad tracks anyway. And we didn't get cell service in the house. So I'd have to go outside in Manitoba in the winter to make these calls. And if the trains went by, there was something about um so we've got two different train companies around CN and CP. And one of the two, I can't remember which anymore, would actually cut out my cell service while they went by. I have no idea why. But so I'd be in the middle of one of these calls and I'd hear a train coming and it would be like, oh, I guess my call's going to drop now. And then I'd have to like call everybody back and get everybody back on this call. And it was just the most ridiculous shit. And I don't know why I kept doing it. <laughs> like, and it, I just remember it caused me so much anxiety. Like every time I would get one of these three-way calls going, because it was like, well, is the call going to drop? Is the train going to go by and wreck my call? Or because we didn't have good service to begin with, it was like, am I even going to have enough self-service for this call to work? Or
0: like, just, it was just so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, mean- yeah. And I feel like, so I agree with all of those things. I've been on several calls that were like, just terrible co- call quality in general. But then also I was just thinking about how, like, how come we can't just give the person all of the information? Like, okay, here's all of the information. Make your decision. Why do we we have to corner them? Right. You're cornering them on a call. You're pressuring them like a timeshare pitch. Like, okay, well you have to sign up by the end of this call. Like that's so scammy. Exactly.
1: And so on top of these three-way calls, we would actually also have, what did they call them? It was like an introduction to my Thrive story or something like that call. I don't know if you've ever heard one of these before, no. but they're the, these are the most ridiculous thing ever. So after you've been using the products for a little while, you organize, I, I think it was an introduction to my Thrive story. I think is what we called them, but I can't remember for sure. But basically what it was is you would organize this call and we had to do it through a certain program so that like people could call in, but then like my upline could see who had called into my call to like, listen to this call that we did. And it was basically like, I would tell my story about like what Thrive did for me and blah, 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 blah. And all of these things. And you're of course supposed to tell all these amazing things about how you have more energy and you're. Running around with your dogs all day now, and you're all of these things, and it's all because of Thrive. Nothing is because of anything else. And then you would have two uplines of different calibers above you that would also tell their stories about how it helped them. And they would pitch the business portion. And this whole thing would be recorded, and you could call in live while it was happening. So like, I could invite you, Danielle, to come listen to my Thrive story. And then it would, then my upline could see who all had called in. And like, they wouldn't have names, but they'd have phone numbers of everybody who called in to listen. And then they would post it and they would save it on some sort of a thing. And basically you could call in later or later you could go to the like website link and you could click on it and you could listen to my story and like the people who are on it with me story. Like, It was just
0: ridiculous. (laughs) Um, Okay, I need to know, did they take those phone numbers and follow up with them and steal your prospects? Because that was the immediate thing that I thought of. To be honest, I don't know. Like, since
1: everything that's been going on, I kind of think that they probably did. Uh, Like, ever since I got out of MLM, and I've kind of learned all of the scammy things that went on behind the scenes that I maybe didn't know about. Cause I'm a fairly naive person. I'll be totally honest. I'm small town country girl. You tell me something. I'm like, sure. Yeah. That's totally the truth. <laughs> um, so I don't think so. The other thing is these places that you call into um, because we're up in Canada, it tends to generally be like a $5 fee for anybody who decides to call in like five dollar flat fee on top of your like cell phone plan or whatever oh my god yeah oh yeah like and same with like anytime I would call into with either thrive or with the rustic shop like anytime I would call into like a um like a team meeting kind of call you know where there's like a hundred people on or whatever and everybody's muted you can just hear the three people at the top talking um it was automatically like five dollars for me to call because they were based in the states and everything else and on top of that every minute I was on the call I'd get long distance charges because it was down in the states.
0: oh I mean like I get it international (laughs) stuff but like oh they didn't have anything based out of Canada that didn't like suck all of your money out
1: no because half of the team was in the states so we just kept everything in the states right because it makes more sense Which, whatever, I mean, it was what it was, but it was just kind of all of these stupid little nuances, right? But because it was a charge, and it would tell you that when you called, because it could recognize that your phone number was from Canada, and it would tell you before it would connect that there was a $5 connection fee or whatever they called it for you to call down. So I think that chased a lot of my prospects away from listening to any of it. Because, I mean, who wants to pay $5 for nothing (laughs) to waste their evening?
0: Yeah, that really, that's a real big nail in your coffin right there. Plus, I can't even imagine, okay, like, did you end up doing a profit and loss statement? I didn't. I wonder how much money you ended up spending just in calling into those meetings.
1: And it's so funny, like... (sighs) I went to school for accounting, like for a bookkeeper, accountant, whatever. But it was so like, that is my my work life and my home life, my finances during this time were a mess. I didn't look at anything. The credit card statement would come and I'd be like, okay, here, I'll pay it. But, you know, phone bill would come and I'd just pay it. So I didn't. Um, I've considered it a few times since I've been done. But at the same time, I'm like, I just wanna close that door and not look at that. I don't want to know the truth about how much.
0: Yeah, I like I know that I've spent well over ten thousand dollars on stuff, but I haven't sat down and like actually done all of the math and I'm scared to because I think that it could possibly be closer to twenty. Um probably is. Just lying to myself. <laughs> could get a degree for that
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know I'm going to guess like I mean the products were $150 US at the time that was about $210 Canadian for a month of product so and I mean I was there for a year and a half two years and that's not including all of like the plus line they called it product which is like all of these things that they're not health claims. Let me tell you, this is not health claim, but like this might help improve your sleep. Maybe you should definitely take it if you're having trouble sleeping though, because it might possibly help, but we're not claiming that it's going to help. It just might possibly help.
0: <laughs> and oh my gosh. It was I love, ridiculous. I love the snaky language. I love the snaky language.
1: It was like now knowing why they worded it the way they worded it. I'm just like, it makes me laugh, but it also makes me so sad for everybody who actually fell for it. Yeah, because, absolutely. Like, and it just, it is what it is. I mean, it's in the past. I still see them sometimes and I'm just like, ah, gross, but <laughs> um, yeah. And it was just, um, so the money spent there was just ridiculous. Like, I can't imagine, like, I mean, I'm going to guess that I was probably at least four grand into it just in products. Um, That's not including, like, I did go to one convention. Um, I went to, okay, so I went to convention, which was down in Dallas.
0: Okay, yeah, I was going to ask, was it in the States? So that must have been, like, a big expense. It was, and I can't remember exactly
1: what it was. But I remember my, I guess like my second or third upline, she had said to me like, we really think that you should go. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, like it's a lot of money and I don't know that I can afford to go and blah, blah, blah. And I remember her saying to me, well, I'll give you $500 towards your plane ticket if you want to go. And I am like a very independent person and I am not about to take handouts for anything. So I was just like it kind of lit the fire that it was like no I have to go but also I'm not letting you pay for this. Which now I'm like I should have let her pay for it cuz god knows how much money she made off of me buying all of these products for 2 years while I was in. But I didn't. I got my own plane ticket and we did I think it was 4 days down in Dallas. Um and it was so culty, like so much like, rah, rah and cheering and all of that kind of stuff. And I remember coming back and being so exhausted, and like just mentally fried. And it was just, I don't even know, ridiculous, I guess is the word I would use. Um, And... We bought all sorts of things. I remember getting in this car because there was some people from the U.S. side of the team that lived close to Dallas. So they drove there. I don't remember exactly where they lived, but it was close. And so thankfully, we didn't have to like rent Ubers and stuff. But we were piling like nine people into a five-seater car to get from convention to our hotel
0: right because nobody's making any money so we all have to like penny pinch to get everything done exactly and so like I just remember we were piled
1: so high in these cars and the guy who was driving I don't think should have had a license like he was driving like a madman and I was in a bad accident when I was 17 um And so I just remember sitting in that car and my anxiety was so through the freaking roof. I was just like, this is not going to end well. So when we got back to the hotel, because that was the second time, I think, that we had drove with somebody. And I said to my upline, I was like, I don't think I can do that again. Like, that was ridiculous. And thankfully, her and her upline were very like, chill and whatever and they were just kind of like you know ladies like the three of us can't really afford to get a ticket if we get a ticket for not having a seatbelt. so the three of us are just gonna get like a cab from here to there but like everybody else you guys do what you want to do and because I think they both felt the same way like this was not a safe plan for getting to and from convention and our hotel so I was super thankful that they took that like very seriously and like we weren't going to do that anymore. Cause that was like a serious mental thing for me. Like, it was like, I don't know if I can do this. Um, so we went to convention, we did all of that. Um, I can't remember now what it was, I think like four days maybe. Um, and I remember while we were there, so, or I shouldn't say while we were there, but we were always told, like, where are your patches where people can see them and you want people to ask about them and all that kind of stuff. So it was like on your shoulder and on your, like, your breastbone kind of thing, like places that were very visible
0: on the female body sort of thing. Do they work in other places? Yeah, they did. Okay. Oh, actually, do they work at all? I would love, yeah. in, in your experience, Allegedly. <laughs> in my experience i would say no um but they were supposed
1: to work wherever you put like you could put them anywhere um but one thing that i didn't realize at this time and i found out afterwards is i'm actually allergic to the adhesive and not just the adhesive in them but like you know you can get like the patch birth control and all that kind of stuff um all of those kind of adhesives, band-aids, anything like that. I'm not severely allergic to them, but I'll get like a rash and get itchy. And so I kept getting that. And I said something to my upline and she's like, well, you can't be allergic to it. And I'm like, what do you mean? I can't be allergic to it. She's like, it's vitamins. You can't be allergic to it. And I'm like, people are allergic to lettuce just because it's healthy. doesn't mean you can't be allergic to it.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Yes, exactly. And you know, it's so funny. I was just listening to uh life after mlm and she just posted an episode with uh real talk real talk safe space kayla uh and they were talking about uh young living and people would say the same thing about that like you can't be allergic to essential oils they're all natural yes now that you say that
1: i was listening to that one yesterday and yeah i remember her saying that and actually that's part of what made me think of it to write down in my notes like i've got a little note sheet here things i wanted to touch on to keep my brain straight and um, yeah I was just like oh yeah I totally remember being told that and like since then I've like I say I've had like reactions to other stuff my doctor's like well you're just allergic to the adhesive she's like you just got to use something that doesn't have adhesive in it and you'll be fine and I'm like why didn't they just tell me that that I was allergic to the adhesive it wouldn't have been anything against the product it would have just been like Take it off after 12 hours, sleep without it on, and then put a new one on in the morning. Like, why wasn't that suggested as an option? (laughs) Rather than, no, you can't be allergic to it. Just put it somewhere where the skin is thicker, or the skin is less sensitive, or I forget what they said. So it was like, put it on the bottom of your feet. And I'm like, I don't want to be walking on this thing all day, (laughs) and I'm supposed to be showing it off. Who's looking at the bottom of my
0: feet? (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that's so oh no (laughs) also I'm sorry I have to comment on the fact because that would give me so many sensory issues having like a sticker on the bottom of my foot right like I have siblings that have
1: um fetal alcohol syndrome and I've often thought that too like I mean My one brother can't wear jeans because they drive him nuts. Can I can only imagine if I was like, here, stick a sticker on the bottom of your foot because I've seen so many people with um, mental health um, complications that are so much like more debilitating than what I have. And I'm like, some of these people being told to do these ridiculous things and thinking that this is what they have to do to be quote unquote successful or whatever, that would totally destroy them because they'd be walking around
0: miserable all day. I have more questions about the patches I don't know how well yeah. how you remember everything about them, but like, I wonder like so if you went to the doctor and they told you that you were deficient in a vitamin, would you just like put more patches on? How many patches were you wearing at a time? like I just because you know all these companies they come out with more and more and more especially supplements so I'm like how many patches did you guys wear at one time like I just imagine this person walking around covered in patches
1: yeah and like okay so I'll admit I am like cheap beyond cheap so Mm -hmm. I was definitely the person who was like I am only wearing one of these fuckers because they're expensive like I am not wearing more than one because these things were, like, I don't even remember. I think it was, like, $50 US for a pack of 30 So that would be, like, about $2 a piece, roughly. So then Canadian, I mean, it was, like, whatever, three bucks a patch? Was that, was like, know. a
0: multivitamin? Like, that was supposed to give you, like, everything? Or was that, like, just one?
1: <laughs> well, so it was part of, like, a three-piece system right
0: okay so you
1: get up and before you get out of bed you take two pills or capsules sorry they're not pills they're capsules of course don't let yourself be caught calling them pills they're not pills they're capsules <laughs> <laughs> so you had to take two of those and there was men's and there was women and then 30 minutes later an hour later I can't remember but still on an empty stomach you're supposed to take um, your, shake, your shake. So similar to like the Shakeology, but it was a vitamin shake. Yeah. Um, and then you put your patch on once you were done your shake. And it was the one, two, easiest one, two, three process. Or uh, some, something of,
0: like that. Of course. So I wonder if all of like the actual vitamins were in the pill and then the sticker was just like something they added on to just be like here and also buy this i feel like it was honestly and like okay so here's another thing about these stickers
1: so we're all being told put them where someone can see them put them where someone can see them over and over and over and we're being told this by our uplines and then the owners of the company i can't remember what their names are off the top of my head right now um but they were up standing on stage and stuff at convention and Wear your patch, wear your patch, wear your patch. And I never thought about it until after I got out. Do you know how many times I saw the owners wearing their patch? Zero. Absolutely never did you ever see them wearing their patch. So I'm kind of like, so you're selling me a product that's supposed to be great for me. And I'm supposed to use it every day. But you're never
0: going to be seen using it? Oh my gosh. I would love to just put out like a little call to action. If anyone here is listening to this and they understand, like, because I obviously understand like the birth control patch, like, I understand (laughs) that you can like topically ingest hormones. Like, I get that. But like, I would love to talk to someone that has any sort of knowledge, like science knowledge about why do these work or is it all is it just garbage like is it just advertising that you're wearing expensive advertisement
1: <laughs> yeah I'd be really curious to know too because I think um being at the phase that I was at in my life and only a few years out of high school and from my understanding and I could be a little bit off on this but Canada has a better um sex education program than what the states does in general so we were talked to in depth about like birth control and all the different types and like that the patch was a type and this is how it worked and everything else and that made this I think they called it a DFT that made that the sticker more realistic of an option or I don't know if that's the right wording but that made the sticker seem
0: legit yeah it gave it validity and like that's the thing is that They take these MLM companies, they take valid things and then just change them just enough that it becomes culty or they mix it with like mix whatever tactic they're using with something that's very manipulative or something that just doesn't actually work. And they're like, well, of course it works. Birth control patches work. Nicotine packages, patches. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) work." (laughs) whatever they are (laughs) yeah
1: exactly and like it just because they do that it legitimizes it so much but yeah like these patches they were just so weird and then all of a sudden there was the black label so now there was your normal patch which was a square and then there was this long thin black one and this was um they called it black label and it was like the new Latest and greatest, and I don't understand what the difference was to this day. I do not understand what the difference was, but these ones were like $75 for a pack of 30 in US. So then, like, and then since I've left, I've heard now they have these ones that are like way bigger, and they're I don't know what they call them,
0: but they're supposed to be better yet. So these are like a DFT plus or Before. whatever. Bigger equals better always. And like, you know, also like uh, the more supplements you take, the healthier you are, which is absolutely not true. I don't know if I've told this on the podcast before, but I've actually accidentally overdosed on vitamin C before um, because I was really sick. Um, And I was determined, I was like, I'm not going to miss any more work. So I like kept taking vitamin C supplements, I was like taking emergency, and I was taking like these vitamin C gummies, and I was just taking anything I could. And I was taking way more than the recommended amount, because I was like, this is going to make me feel better. I was 100% in plexus at the time. So I was like, supplements are amazing. <laughs> uh, And then I got really sick because of it.
1: Yeah. I've heard we had a big issue in my area actually with people doing that because somebody had said that um vitamin D would help prevent covid. So there was a ton of people around here were taking like extreme amounts of vitamin D and ending up in the hospital because they were over supplementing.
0: Yeah, like it's totally fine to supplement in moderation and to follow the instructions on the package but like I don't trust these um health and wellness MLMs at all to give out correct amounts or to like add, like you know how the, like I think I imagine that these companies kind of put like a like recommended dose of 2 knowing that some people will take 3 and that it will be okay most of the time. You know what I mean? Right like most people respond well to two. So that's the recommended dose. Some people will take three and they will not die because of it. But when you take seven, like you're tiptoeing or no, not, you're jumping. You're jumping into <laughs> a, an area that is not good. And like, I, I just don't trust these companies to have any sort of moderation when it comes to supplementation.
1: No. And like, while I was in LaValle, Um, one of my uplines, I don't know where she was. I think she was about three up. I'm not really sure. Super nice lady. Um, but she was doing bodybuilding, which is fine. Like, I mean, I admire her strength. I could never do it. Um, but she was taking like three shakes or four shakes or something a day and refused to use any other supplement or any other like protein shakes or anything like that other than the thrive stuff because she was going to be a competitor and she was only going to use thrive and it was going to legitimize thrive in the area and like all of these things and she went and she competed and she looked amazing i don't think she did overly well at her competition and now since then she is completely removed from all the the thrive stuff and that sort of thing and she's still competing And she's doing way, way better. And it's like, hmm, maybe Thrive wasn't all it was cracked up to be. (laughs) Like, it. and I, I get why she was doing it. Like, she was trying to legitimize herself. And, like, she had four kids at home to feed and everything else. And I totally don't judge her for it in any way. But, like, the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, hmm, was it really that good? Are we sure? um so
0: yeah like these patches were just weird I don't know <laughs>
1: I still get yeah. coming up on
0: that. I am currently I just wanted to go and look at their um protein shakes or is it even a protein shake what are they calling it they're calling mm-hmm. it thrive premium lifestyle mix shake mix so they're not advertising oh. it as a protein shake which is okay. probably good I'm so curious if I can find the like breakdown because I'm guessing if they're not advertising it as a protein shake it probably has very minimal protein which means it's not really going to keep you full right that would make sense let's see uh 15 grams of protein so like not wait how many calories 15 grams of protein for 116 calories so that's not terrible but and I guess it just kind of looks like your typical MLM shake it has all of the all of the magnesium copper and riboflavin (laughs) or whatever and vitamins and stuff so I don't know looks and it has oh it has caffeine in it that's interesting
1: That was another thing. Now that you say that, I forgot about this. So I love coffee. Um, I do. I've always loved coffee. But while you're on this, you're not supposed to take coffee because the caffeine will react negatively with the three-step system or some
0: hogwash like that. Okay. I have a theory. This is like me just being really silly and creating a con oh my god I can't talk today creating a conspiracy theory that is 100% me just making this up but multi-level marketing health and wellness companies are actually against big coffee because none of them want us to drink coffee anymore so their whole plan is to take down the coffee industry I think that's it yeah. <laughs>
1: I think and I think a big part of it was so this is supposed to their big like claim to fame with thrive was it was going to give you all of this energy. You were going to be full of energy and all day energy and all the rest of it. Well, anybody who drinks coffee knows you end up like you have a slump after your coffee a lot of or a lot of people do, not everybody, but a lot of people do. And so if you're having your coffee you're gonna still get that slump and not feel any different but if you cut out coffee you'll be really grouchy for a few days and then you won't have your your slump anymore and then they'd be like see it's because of thrive and it's like no no it's because you didn't drink coffee this morning and you didn't guzzle a gallon of it like you normally do (laughs) like so it was just it was ridiculous, and I, I think, too, it was a little bit of a control thing. Um, it was, like, a mindset control where, like, if, you're, if we're telling you not to drink coffee and you're listening, well, there's one more thing that you're doing that we're saying to do.
0: Yes, so that's behavior control in the bite model, right? Yep. Exactly. Um, and, like, the thing, the, the bite model, the things that Lavelle
1: or Thrive or whatever, you want to call it, checked off on the bite model now that I know what the bite model is it's just like mind-blowing how much of it they checked off and stuff um and it was yeah it was just (laughs)
0: ridiculous um absolutely all right I feel like we're kind of starting to move towards Beachbody now right yeah so so I guess the way that I got out of
1: Thrive. Yeah. Um, basically, they had been claiming for years that they were going to have um, a Canadian warehouse and we weren't going to have to pay US prices. We weren't going to have to pay shipping from the US, everything else. And basically, the whole chunk of the team that I was on that was in Canada were all like, this isn't happening. They've been claiming this for forever. We're done. And it was kind of a mass exodus. We all just kind of left and it's like, oh, we're going to be friends forever and whatever. And obviously it didn't happen because that's the way it goes. And so I wasn't super against any of the MLMs. I wasn't super for them. I was kind of like, well, that was shitty, but I think I just wasn't very good at it. So whatever. And a couple months probably after I got out of Thrive maybe a little longer it was like my best friend texted me and she's like we have to try this thing with Beachbody blah, blah blah we're gonna like lose all this weight it's gonna be great and whatever and like I've always been semi-healthy um I wouldn't call myself a super health conscious person but semi-healthy and so I was like yeah okay you know let's try it she had just moved back home Um, from living out of province and we're like finding things to do together again and stuff like that and so it was like okay let's do this um so we were both on a team with uh shoot um Beachbody that's what we're looking for and um, we did 80 day obsession which is of course everybody's favorite and was the big the big thing to do at the time kind of thing um and I never actually did become like a promoter or coach or whatever they call it for Beachbody but I did the whole 80-day obsession I bought Shakeology once that was disgusting I thought the Thrive Shake was gross Beachbody was disgusting (laughs)
0: have never like I've heard some people be like it was okay when like I put stuff in it I'm like no how did it taste with nothing in it like yeah like when I just
1: found it tasted like I was drinking sand mixed with water that was all that I got out of it it was so weird so gross it was it was so gross so I went, like, all in with this thing. Like, I was, like, meal prepping. And, like, my husband, now husband at the time, my boyfriend, um, he was living away from home for eight weeks going to school. So, like, it was very easy for me to, like, submerse myself in this Because, like, when he'd leave on Sunday, I would, like, meal prep for the week. And I would do all the things. And um, I would go to, like, the weekly check-in on Facebook and, like, listen to the girl talk about nothing really just control the time that you were spending on Sunday evenings. Um and like I say I never joined that one. So it wasn't quite as controlling. Um but that one definitely I found like upped my anxiety. And I think it was because it was like all of this um like you have to be thinner. You have to be losing inches. You have to be losing weight you have to you have to and it was like, do I, do I really have to do all of these things? Um, and I remember one girl in our group, um, and I don't remember who she was or anything, but I remember she posted, we were about halfway through the 80 days and she hadn't taken a single break. Like, cause you're supposed to have your one rest day out of the week or whatever it was. She hadn't taken a single break and she was doubling up her workout. So she was doing Day one in the morning, day two in the evening, to try and be ready for when her husband came home from I think he was in the military or something like that, and I just remember thinking like, "How did you not like hurt
0: yourself like from overstressing yourself so much? Yes, yes, uh, and like these workouts are ridiculous, like they make all of these compound movements, so if you're using the wrong weight, you can very easily hurt yourself and also, like some of the form cues are like not correct. My husband is a personal trainer for anyone who has not figured that part out yet in my life. Um, so <laughs> I've heard all about how the form is wrong in beach body now <laughs> uh, and it's just like it's just nuts. I got hurt so many times, uh specifically doing morning meltdown one hundred um because there's so much jumping.
1: I don't remember that one it
0: was. I don't remember when that one came out but it it was like a new program that had just been released when like I joined in I think it was 2020. Okay oh that's probably why because I was like way out of it by then I think. Oh good. (laughs) Like I
1: think 2018, 18, 2019 I think roughly is kind of when I was like in it.
0: I I took your spot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I hope you were with somebody else. Cause the girl I was with, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I oh was God. with
0: somebody else.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna mention names or anything, but yeah. she was very, like, quote unquote, attractive. Like, um, like not a phys. She was physically attractive. Like, I'm not trying to say she was ugly, but, um, just in like her lifestyle and stuff. Because like she had two dogs. I have two dogs. She had a shepherd cross and a big white fluffy something, and I have a shepherd lab cross who looks like a shepherd and a big white fluffy, um, uh, lab not pomeranian, great pyrenees cross. So to me, like everything about where she was at in life was like the same spot that I was at, and it was like super relatable, like. Almost too relatable, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and now looking back, I'm like, really, you let that suck you in, Kara? But it, I did. I let it suck me in, and it was what it was. I'm very glad I never joined that MLM. Um, I did pay my, whatever it was for my Shakeology, and then I paid for my access to Beachbody on demand, but after 80 day obsession, I did one other one. I can't even remember. Um, and it was okay, but I was so over it by that point. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I was to the point I wasn't even really enjoying working out or anything anymore. And I was just exhausted. And I just kind of let it fall by the wayside. And then a couple of years later, I found out, what MLMs are I guess is what I'd say and found anti-MLM and now I'm just like well I'm
0: glad that phase of my life is over and we won't go back there right exactly well I'm so glad that you got out is there anything else about your story that you want to talk about before I ask you my final question
1: I don't think so I think that kind of covers all of it honestly
0: Awesome. So, without further ado, what is your anti-MLM why?
1: You know, I was thinking about this one today. This is a hard, it's not a hard question, but it is a hard question at the same time. And I think it's just because it's bullshit. Like, every aspect (laughs) of it is bullshit. And I feel like that's why, because I'm just like, this
0: is bullshit. Why does anybody have to go through this bullshit? (laughs) absolutely absolutely and it's just it's very pretty bullshit especially now with just like the way everyone's curating their social media to look so pretty and everything is so polished they're just pouring more and more glitter on a big pile of poop yes and
1: okay side tangent but on that um social media tangent I don't know if anybody else has tried this but there's a a new social media called be real I don't know if anybody has tried it yeah 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 I have I really like it because it is so just cut and dry and it's so much less like, like like there's none of the curation so if anybody is to the point where they're like sick of social media I highly suggest you try it because it's I find it's a really good mental health boost when like Facebook is getting to my head of like I'm not doing enough I'm not good enough I'm not whatever it's a reminder for me that everybody else is just as human as I am
0: yeah exactly I like a lot like it it's just too much for me to keep up with all of it like I don't do Twitter and then I did Reel for like a hot second and then I was like I like it but I've also been backing off of social media in general. That's why I don't post as much as I used to.
1: <laughs> I don't blame you. I just like the reality check of it. Of like,
0: yeah, you're
1: not behind. Everybody's just curating shit. So when they can't curate it, it's not nearly as behind feeling.
0: Right, yeah. It's not as like pretty as everything else makes it seem. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kara. This was awesome thank you for having me. Yeah. All right, everyone. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have an awesome weekend. Also, if you uh, don't mind leaving me a five star review, if you enjoyed the podcast, and if you also want to leave a review, like a typed review with words, that's cool too. If you leave a mean review, just know that it really does ruin my day and that I am a human. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. But (laughs) None of the reviews were really that bad, but it it did make me really sad. So uh, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Thank you. (laughs) But anyways, have a great day, everyone. Bye.